You'll turn with me in your Bibles this morning again to the book of Ephesians and today uh, chapter 4 and verses 14 through 16. We pick up again in our study in the book of Ephesians. I again appreciate the privilege of being away last Lord's Day. Pick up this morning in chapter 4, verse 14. Look at verses 14 through 16. This is God's word. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. From whom the whole body, being fitted to held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body, the building up of itself in love. And that is God's word. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for uh, this part of your holy, inspired, inerrant word. We know that we are greatly blessed to be able to study it together week after week. And Father, we pray that we would cling to your promise that your word never goes forth without accomplishing the very purpose for which you sent it. And we know you have a purpose this morning for each one of us. We're here by your design. And I pray as we sit under your word today, your Holy Spirit would take it and apply it to our hearts. That he would... Draw us closer to yourself. Father, I pray that you would use your word in a mighty way today. To do good things in our lives to make us even more like Christ. Make our prayer in his name. Amen. If you look on the back of your bulletin, you'll see something we put in there every week. Two things that are listed in your bulletin. Uh, one of those are the basic principles by which North Point operates. And the other is the purpose that we list or the reason for our existence. Our, our, our basic principles are that God is at work here. That the Bible is the primary agent or means of change in our lives. God and leadership is essential for the life of the church and that prayer is a, an essential part, an important part of what we do here in our ministry. And then and from that foundation, we, we draw these purposes or these reasons why we believe this church exists. One of those is for worship. The primary reason for which we exist as a body is to worship God. Another is for discipleship or teaching, training, and righteousness. Another is for service. Uh, to the body and to our community and then another is for outreach uh, to the lost uh, we use those uh, principles and our purpose to determine what we're going to do here at North Point if we can't fit it somewhere in those categories we don't do it here at North Point but I start there this morning because in our text Paul is dealing with the purpose of the church and the purpose that he gives us here in verses 14 through 16 can be summed up in one word. 
And that's the word maturity. The church is to be a place of spiritual growth where God's people grow and mature in their faith. Now, in our list here at North Point, it's the second thing under our purpose, and that is discipleship. The various ways in which we teach God's Word, in which we train people in righteousness, what we call the whole process of discipleship, which is enabling you to grow in your faith in Christ and to mature in your relationship with Him. As we'll see today, if you're not growing, or if the ministry of this church is not assisting you in your spiritual growth, then we're failing in one of our basic purposes, one of the basic reasons why we exist as a body. Now, there are certainly other reasons why the church exists. You can see that from the list that we have in your bulletin. But this matter of spiritual maturity of helping believers grow in their faith is a very important part of the church's ministry and should be one of our primary goals. And so as we look at these verses this morning, I want to see what Paul says about that very important primary purpose of the church's existence, the growth and maturity of God's people. And the first thing we see in our text is there's a danger There's a danger that faces the church. And that danger is that we would remain spiritual children. You know, throughout the New Testament, there's this constant emphasis put on the importance of spiritual growth. Christians are to grow. Living things grow. A believer in Christ is a living thing. One of the ways that we determine whether or not we have a spiritual life is whether or not we see in our in our lives some sense of spiritual growth and if there isn't any growth then we need to ask a very important fundamental question is there indeed real spiritual life and Paul says there's a danger there's a danger for professing Christians not to grow but to remain spiritual infants and We notice in the text that Paul tells us in verse uh, 14, we are no longer to be children. You know, Paul chastised some of the believers in Corinth for that very thing. If you turn over with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. In verses 1 through 3, it says this to the church in Corinth. Which, of course, was a very troubled church. He said, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food. For you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able. For you are still fleshly. And again, Paul tells us in our text in verse 14, As a result, we are no longer to be children. You know how odd it is to see someone who ought to be an adult act like a child. Our seats at the men's basketball games at Mississippi State are next to a man and his son. 
son obviously is affected by Down syndrome. He's probably 40 years old. He acts like he's about 10. He's as sweet as he can be. We enjoy being around. There's something sad, isn't there? I think someone who hasn't yet been able to grow up and mature. That's what Paul's talking about spiritually here. We are not to remain in children, but we are to grow up in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. In order to, to make his point, Paul says, as a result, we no longer be children tossed here and there by waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, by trickery of men and craftiness and deceitful scheme. What he's saying here is that believers who don't grow up are gullible. They're easily deceived. They're easily led astray. And he uses two interesting analogies for that. One is, he uses the analogy of the, of the, of the waves and the sea. The other is by the wind. And, and both of those acts of nature have something in common. And that is they're very powerful forces. You know how it is to be in the surf and the waves come in and they drive you toward the shore and they go back out and they pull you out in the deeper water. You know how it is when you're uh, flying a kite? Once that kite's in the air, it's a complete control of the wind. Wind changes direction, kite changes direction. The wind dies down, kite falls from the sky. Paul's saying, an immature believer is just that easily led astray. Easily led here by trickery. By deceit. Notice what he says. They're tossed here and there by waves carried by every wind of doctrine, every trickery of men, by the craftiness and deceitful scheming. We need to be honest. There are, there are people out there who prey on the spiritually immature. It seems like almost any person with a strong personality and a new idea can find a following among God's people. People are looking for someone to follow, something to believe. And if people are not grounded in the truth, they are easily led astray by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, and by craftiness, he says, in deceitful scheming. One of the reasons we are to grow up, to mature in our faith, is to avoid that kind of gullibility and that kind of easily being led astray from the truth. There's a second thing we see here and that is the solution to that problem. And of course it goes without saying that the solution to immaturity is maturity. The solution to being a babe in Christ is to grow up. And that's one of the ways the church is to help you help you to grow up into a mature Christian. Well, how does that happen? How does the church help you to grow the most? It tells us in verse 15, 
It is by speaking the truth in love. Now, the reference there to speaking the truth in love is not just saying anything, any true statement. It is specifically talking about speaking the truth, the truth of the gospel in love. The best ways, one of the greatest ways, the most important ways the church helps you to grow is by faithfully proclaiming the truth of the gospel in love. Opposed to those who are full of trickery and deceitful scheming, we're to be faithful to proclaim the truth of God's holy word. You see, the Bible says that we're not just to proclaim the truth, but we're to proclaim it in love. I would say this. You could really turn this around. The loving thing to do is to proclaim the truth. To speak the truth. If I didn't love you, I could allow you just kind of dawdle your way along in unbelief or in false teaching. But because I love you, I want you to hear the truth, to know the truth, to believe the truth, and to walk in the truth. I make no apologies. We're sticking to the truth of God's Word. Look, I know. I know our worship services are the most, not the most exciting. And they're not the most entertaining. And they're not the most emotional. The Bible doesn't say to proclaim the, the truth in an, in an exciting way. Or an entertaining way. Or an emotional way. Just speak the truth in love. Let me just say it. The greatest spiritual growth takes place when the truth of God's word is proclaimed faithfully in a loving way. The more you believe that I'm really trying, trying to teach you what the Bible says in truth, and I'm doing it because I love you the more you'll be able to glean from it and profit by it. You see, that's the way to the spiritual truth. That's what he says here, or spiritual growth. He says, but speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up into all aspects unto him who is the head, even Christ. We're to become more and more like Christ. You know, Gary James taught in Sunday school this morning, and he spent time in 1 John. One of the things that 1 John talks about is the importance of becoming more and more like Christ and that's the goal that's the goal isn't it of the Christian life that we become more and more like him and look how comprehensively he states it here speaking the truth in love we're to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head even Christ we're to grow up into all aspects into Christ and then there's a third thing and that's the goal of the church and and our ultimate goal is what we're to be about Sometimes I wonder uh, if we really understand what the church is to, to be about. What church, toward what goal is the church to be working? How can we tell? How can we tell if, if we're really striving for the church's primary purpose? I think verse 16 gives us that purpose. When it says in verse 16, From whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building of itself 
in love. Let's break that verse down just a bit. The ultimate goal is the growth of the body. Again, the the church should be all about helping you to grow in your faith and mature in your faith. When we talk about the growth of the church, we're talking about our growth, aren't we? We are the church. The church is what we are. The church is no more than what we are. The church is no more spiritual, no more faithful, no more active than we are. We are the church. And so when he talks about the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, he's talking again about Christ building the church, making it what he wants it to be, putting the individual parts exactly where he wants them to be. And the church being fitted together in the way that it can be used. And we all have individual gifts. Some of our people use them every Sunday morning right over in this corner. And using their, their voices to sing. Some use them in these rooms scattered around our, our, our buildings teaching. Some use them in teaching Bible studies. Some use them in serving the body in different ways. We all have different gifts. You know, he talks about the joints. He says, being fitted together uh, and held together by what every joint supplies. You know, our joints are points of contrast, aren't they? They allow our bodies to move and to function so that we can do what we're intending to do. And, and, and that's the way the different gifts in the body are. They're the joints. They're the joints. They're the points of contrast. And so we use our different gifts. The body's able to, to function in the way that it ought to be used. Really, I think there's a, a contrast in this verse where part of it is talking about how Christ fits the body together where He desires it to be. And then that we're all responsible to use those gifts that God has given to us for the good of the whole. God sovereignly places us where we're to be in the church and we're to use those gifts for His glory. And then there's one more thing in this verse and that's focused again on love. You know, Gary dealt with this in 1 John. Well, 1 John's all about the love of the body and how we love others because God has first loved us. And he talks about placing gifts in the body for the good of the body and doing so in the context of love. Look what he says. From whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. The body is built up, Paul says, in love. You know, when Jesus asked about the greatest commandment, he said, well, there are two. I'll sum the, I'll sum the Ten Commandments in two. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The law is summed up by love. Someone told me this week how much the love of this body meant to them. The love is obvious here to them. And that's, that's an, a sign that the Lord is building His body the way He wants it to be. I want you to go with me to John 13. We're going to look at some of what John says about this, following up really on what 
Gary taught in Sunday school. John, the Gospel of John, first chapter thirteen, verses thirty-four and thirty-five, says this: "A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another." Then, if you go over to First John. 1 John chapter 3. You read some of this this morning. 1 John chapter 3. And verse 16. We know this love by this, that He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And then verse 18. Little children, let us not love it with word or with tongue, but indeed and in truth and then over chapter 4 verses 10 and 11 and this is love not that we loved God but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins beloved let us if God so loved us we also ought to love one another all that we do in the church is to be motivated by our love for God and our love for each other and we're to love each other the same way God has loved us. So what's the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church is to help you to grow. To mature in your faith and your walk with Christ. It is to speak the truth in love. And it's to help the whole body be fit together the way God has designed. Now you might ask, well what about what about world mission? What about ministry to the poor? What about to the prisoner? What about to uh, the needy? Uh, what about the widows? What about the orphan? Aren't those important purposes of the church? And I would say absolutely they are. I'll tell you, unless we first do what Paul says here in verses 14 through 16, unless we lay the foundation, we'll never get there. They're supposed to flow out of what God is doing in our midst as we speak the truth in love, as we grow up in our faith, as we are built together into what he would have us to be. God enable that to be true for us. Lord God, thank you so much for your love and your grace and your tender mercy. And I pray that you would help us to be all that you've called us to be. Build us up together in love, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen.